They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 135 of the Magic Guys, where we answer your questions, give advice, talk about our world as magicians, and all around have a good time. To my left, I have Nick Kay. Welcome to the show, friends. Oh, down below, we got Doug Con. Salutations, kindred spirits. And I'm Josh Norbido. Welcome to the show. We've got people in the chat already. Chat's blowing up. People are saying it's not Tuesday. What's happening? Bob's saying I'm having a different dinner tonight since we're on a different day. That makes sense. John, howdy, howdy to you, my friend. Look, this is what we, what more could we ask for? An audience, friends, and V <laughs> going in the, uh, I've got the vintage Magic Guys mug today for the old school guys might still have one of these, the liquid fluel cups. And of course, our friend, yes. Cheers, y'all. We've got the uh, the originals. Cheers, guys. So I'm curious. Do you, do you not drink coffee and just drink energy drinks? Me? Co- correct. It's not a good thing. Like I'm not. I'm not saying I think it's better. It's just that I never got used to coffee. Never liked coffee. Now I'm stuck with the uh, with the uh, what? What's in it again? Taurine. I'm stuck with the taurine. I'll I'll double dip. I'll do a coffee and then be like, that wasn't enough. Crack that Red Bull and pew, off to the races. Do you know a lot Although, of people right. who are like who would never do it before performing? Like, would you would you have a Red Bull before performing, Doug? Mm, you know, I've done it at magic conventions, but if it's a professional gig, I'm going to be better prepared than that. You know, I I think I've talked about this. I do now. I used to not be able to because I'd be too jittery. I like to have a V now, like one small sugar-free. But if I'm doing a keynote, I'll have a Barocca because the Barocca will help me be more switched on with my dialogue and just, you know, seeming smart to the audience. Whereas the V just helps me fire off my improv. So like on the weekend, I had to MC a gala dinner and MCing just requires so much more energy from me as a, a natural introvert at baseline. So the V just helps me like, be that uh, energy level party goer that they need for like that, you know, three hour period. Does the V stand you know, this for is how, This is how Elvis ended up on a toilet. <laughs> you know, this is. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me more <laughs> how I can be Elvis. <laughs> hey, look, you're, you're, you're the good part. Is strong. You will be the king of magic. It's just a dark finish. <laughs> What about drinking while performing, fellas? Yeah, but you'll have a drink while you're performing because I used to at my residencies a lot. Like I'd have a couple of gins every hour. Mm. So three hour shift, I would have like six gins. And sometimes the staff would get overzealous and pour me doubles and I would be off my bangers. But thankfully, I'm someone who takes a lot of pride in being very poised when I am drunk. In fact, I've had people say to me, I remember like back in the day, my CEO was like, you know what I hate about you, Nick? Even when you're tanked, you're like the exact same guy. Like, you know, some people yeah. like when they have a few drinks, they become this whole alter ego, like just absolute mess, you know, taking off their pants and dancing on tabletops. I do that all the time, regardless if I'm drinking or not. But the worst thing for me was that I was doing a corporate and I was like, I wasn't drinking, but it felt weird. I was like, 
this is a gig, but this is kind of weird. Like, what is happening? I'm like, <laughs> I'm sober. So My pants weird. are on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, does he ever, ever perform in the? I mean, you would have dug. You would have like, you look, know, when I came to New Orleans as a street performer and discovered Bourbon Street, the land where we roam freely with liquors and open container containers yep. which is unusual in america i stayed drunk for two years busking bourbon street from 6 p.m to 8 p.m i was out there with drinks with them and just you know living my best life as a 19 20 year old what's your poison doug what do you like to drink if we're going to send you a bottle for your birthday which just passed what does doug want to have a these days story? it'd be more likely to be an herbal infused liqueur of some sort but when i go out <laughs> to get the party on it's vodka and the better the vodka the better the drink so i'm looking at favorite vodka? one gray goose gray you know, goose. You know, i go to a casino and order a drink it's gray goose on the rocks with a twist of lime that is so classy doug that's like i like to make sure i get my liquor right at the casino you know i don't want them goofing it up with any bs just give me the liquor. Mm. And if you're giving good liquor away, I want it. Amen. I, I saw on TV, um, I've been watching, I mean, I've always been a Jersey Shore fan. I know. It's it's one of the cringe series that I started watching right. when I was, you know, 20 or whenever it started. <clears throat> and now that they, they've come back again as later adults with kids and all that, um, I've been watching it again lately. Anyway, and I got my girlfriend into it. My fiance and uh, just the last episode we watched, they went to New Orleans, and I was like, I was like, oh, oh man, I need and to I was watch a- that one. And I, I was able to go, oh yeah, uh, Doug, that's where Doug's from. And she's like, yeah. oh wow, okay, cool, yeah. And they they went there for something. I think they I went think there Paul- to see if they could get everybody drunk and silly. That's <clears> why they went there. That's why you come to New Orleans. That's right. No, I think Paulie D, the DJ, was playing a show somewhere there. So they all went there to celebrate and be there or something like that. I don't know. But, yeah, they were like, yeah, we're going to NOLA. I was like, oh, yeah. And they talked about Bourbon Street and showed it, and it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, pretty cool. Do you have that kind of environment in Australia where people roam around with alcohol, you know, in their hands? Not legally. Like Las Vegas. It's similar to Fremont Street or Vegas. We have Frankston. And if you're a local, that's very funny. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Yeah, we do not have that. But in terms of drinking uh, on the job, um, I saw in the Magicians Only forum, which is never a positive place to be on Facebook, <laughs> that someone had asked, like, is it okay to drink? And of course, everyone's jumping in going, no, I never drink. Never. Of course. No, it's never professional. But come on. I mean, every now and then, like the client, you can just vibe that it's a good idea. And Two times I can remember drinking, and one was when I got to go to India, which sounds like a flex, but it was just a weird circle of events that ended up getting me booked to go to India for this corporate event a few years ago. There's a vlog on it. There's all you know. I've talked about it before, I'm sure. But um, after doing this corporate event, uh, hosted by like the two billionaire brothers of India, it was like insane. This tech event. Afterwards, they came and found me, and they're like, "Oh, come and." hang out with like all these CEOs that like everyone's left the room now. There's just one table of people and they were like, what drink can we get you? And I'm like, I'm not going to say nothing, you know? So <clears throat> they got me the best uh, rum that uh, they had 
on offer um, and we sat yep. down and uh and we did some great magic around this around this uh this this one banquet table and it was awesome we were just drinking and yeah you see, I used to do the Dean Martin thing. See, Dean Martin used to always hold what looked like a drink. Actually, you know, he, it would be a real drink, right? And and the joke was, I'll just have a salad. And it would be, you know, like a martini with olives in it. And that's that was the joke. He never drank it. He just held it the whole time. Just constantly mm. held it all the time. And so I do very much the same thing where I, I just get like a really fancy glass that looks like um, you would have a Negroni or an Old Fashioned in it. And I just have soda water. And when people say, can I get you a drink? I go, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm on the gins. I'm good. Thanks. Um, and that just sort of deters everyone, which uh, I guess with the amount of gigs that I'm doing nowadays, it's just the, the the downtime. That's the difficulty. Like I can't be rocking out on a Friday night and then rocking out on a Saturday morning, you know, and, and know that I'm giving people what they deserve as far as like the percentage of awesome that I can produce hungover. Like it's just not a lot of pride that one magician should take in that. So, oh, here's the photo too. Yeah, I I totally agree. So that's just me in India. There's like the CEO of like I don't know, dude. All these all these baller. electrical. It was crazy. Like yeah, man. That's um, stuff, the huh? the, uh, the Asian guy to my right or on your left as you're watching it is just casually like the CEO of Samsung in India. Oh what? <laughs> and uh, this? Just, was this this week? No, no. <laughs> No, this was in India. So this was like uh, oh. this is this is pre-COVID. This is like a while oh. back. But it was just one of those times that that one of the rare times that I um, had a drink, like with the the client and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like after the show, right? Like the after magic. But yeah, I remember. Um, didn't Chris Ramsey when he talked about his awkward encounter meeting David Blaine on YouTube? He talked about how. He went to go watch David Blaine while he was editing his, that special with the frog regurgitation and there was like some weird stuff happening where he kept replaying it and everyone's just like, what's happening? But then after he went to get a, they went to a bar and David Blaine's got this drink with this ice, was talking to them, never drank it. And then he's like, oh, I got to go. Gives Chris Ramsey this drink that's now just all like half alcohol, half water now and just runs off and he never drank any of it. Is that kind of the same thing? Like you just want to hold something, but you're not actually there to drink it. Well, you know, socially it's that that type of thing. Like especially in Australia, we have a serious drinking culture, and I guess that would be the same on in in your part of the planet as well, Doug. I mean, like if you don't drink, you know, there's a level of like masculinity that's involved with it, whatever else, and you know how much you can drink is like, that type of thing. And it's like no, like I like I'm a guy who's never been a, a huge drinker but i'll have a drink and even in my younger days like when I, in my uh like my early 20s people would say like i never i don't get you nick you never drink and then when you do you buy like a seven dollar beer and i just go exactly i never drink so if i'm gonna drink it's gonna be nice i'm gonna enjoy it that's the way you're supposed to drink that's a drinking lesson from us here at the magic guys <laughs> <laughs> there's probably a bunch of nine-year-olds going yeah yeah i'm gonna drink when i no, don't drink Okay, and it was just kind of funny because when because I was on vacation last last week, Doug, whilst you were away, and um, I gotta admit I was really buzzed at the end of that episode because um, it was noon where I was, which which we we agreed was okay to start drinking at that time. So I had a few bourbons um <laughs> during the the chat, and I also mentioned that I used to play in a band a lot. Whoops! <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> 
I forgot to put a shot. I'm gonna have to make up. You know, at, if you plan on being a professional magician, fact is, I like I, I'm trying to think of a gig where there hasn't been alcohol. There's always booze flowing at gigs, right? Like every, maybe not the state fair, but even there they got beers flowing. Like every, there's all the corporate events have booze, all of them. Oh, they always do. But the question is, you know, so you're saying you'll you'll have one uh, like during your gig or after the no, gig? No, no, I'm not one. saying that. I'm, but I'm not saying it's wrong not to or to do it. You know, I think, you know. Yeah, exactly. Dean yeah. Martin approach is not horrible, not mm-hmm. condoning it, but yeah. It's, yeah. It works. Especially if you're dressing up like, if, if you're not <clears throat> in some crazy character, right? If you just want to be able to break the ice roving, <clears throat> it makes sense to look Liber- like everyone else. Honestly, being if you're working in that environment, and that's your job and you do it for 20 years. It makes the event a little more, um, you know, manageable for the mindset. Am I wrong? You know, Hey, yeah, you know, it's my 800 strolling gig and the client wants me to have some drinks while I work. Yeah. yeah I think me, I will. Yeah. Let me yeah. share something about, about having a drink as well, because, um, you know, Simon Coronel, who is one of Australia's finest, absolute finest. He actually has an award saying fine, Ass magician on his at home. Now he now he now resides in LA and he's an amazing talent. He represented us. He 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 won FISM. Like he's an absolute Jedi in, in in the realm, right? And he's you know he's ultimately a competition magician, right? And that's what he prides himself on. And we're having conversations about that. And he was talking about like writing some literature on this topic. And one of the things that he shared that to me that was really interesting was two vodkas. There's a what? He goes, two vodkas, not one more, not one less. One vodka is like this. Two vodkas is chef's kiss. Yeah. Three vodkas, mm, messy. Mm-hmm. But he goes, the rule is two vodkas, then go do your competition piece. Everything is chill. You slow down a bunch more. It's easier to breathe. And I was like, that is fascinating. So I thought I'd share that little tidbit, little pro tip from our mm. good friends, Simon Coronel. Thank you, Simon. I reached out to him once to be on the pod when he had just won FISM because uh, I saw Tim Ellis put out a post saying that he was interested. Tim was interested in getting some press for Simon having just won, but uh, he declined. So <laughs> we still, we still, love you. <clears throat> but, he, but, but he declined in, in like the most gentleman way. He's like, look, I'm just, I'm just hiding from the world for a while. You know, should that change? I'll reach out. I feel like that's how he lives his whole life. Like he, he didn't. does, and it serves him well, you know. So well done to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, enough of the uh, the alcohol talk. I feel like we've uh, we've become very passionate about it. Uh, we're not sponsored by any alcohols yet, so if there's anyone I'm out working there, on it. I'm working on it. You know what I mean. So we called the theme of today audiences filming your show, and that's an umbrella piece. It's not good or bad necessarily i just thought it'd be interesting to bring up different perspectives of how that can be a good thing how it might be annoying you know people trying to you know obviously uh sometimes comedians will lock everyone's phones because they don't want their content getting out there but then in our space these days it can be a great thing um and so i thought i'd open that dialogue we have an interesting audio question too which maybe halfway through we'll bring up that's that's Pertinent to that. Oh, we have a fourth. We have a fourth magic. The boss is enchant- here. Stay on track. Don't let the boss distract you. We can't do that <laughs> and expect us not to acknowledge that there's a kitty cat in the room. Nice. 
Hello. This is St. John Bosco Jr., the third PhD. Uh, (laughs) Your cat has a PhD? Yes. And he's named after the patron, the patron saint of magic. Does your cat John Bosco Jr., the third? Does your cat have a prescription pad? Does your, does right, your cat let's have get a back to the topic. That would be great. Okay. All right. Uh, we're just <laughs> so let let's uh, explore a few different ways. Okay. So number one is uh, in a stage show. Do you tell people they can't film? Nick, if you're at uh, the um, I forget the Tim's Theater, but you know if you're at that event, is filming not allowed there? Is it? Does it depend on the show? That's a great question. So. There is okay. So the thing about when people want to film or capture any sort of moments on their mobile devices, cameras, whatever it might be, there is many different forms in which magic can exist. So if you're at a bar or like in, in my residence, he's going through whatever else. Um, you'd love that because they're going to post it on Instagram. You throw my business card, like, oh, tag me in that. They go, yeah, no worries, and they tag you and you share it, and that's sort of like a good place to be. But if you were gonna do your own theater show. And you've got a little 50-seater or a 100-seater, and there's people out there just trying to capture the entire show. If more than anything, it's probably a distraction from the magic. And I guess like with any sort of theater, whether it be a cinema or you're watching Hamilton, like ideally you want to get – you you want your audience to just be in the moment, right? Um, I seldom have ever have that issue. And – because I don't have the luxury of performing. Like I don't do a lot of my own public shows. I'm always doing corporates or privates or, you know, being hired by people to do my show for them. So, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult, but one thing I do mention, and I'd say this kind of politely is when people get their phone out and they just stick it in your face, they literally just like this, you know, and start mm-hmm. filming you. I politely say to them, I go, Oh, thanks for asking for permission to film. That's really cool of you. And they're like, Oh, Oh, sorry. Like, you know what I mean? And then you just see him do really dumb, dumb stuff. Like they're just trying to like hold it up just real slight like this, you know, off the table, you know? And um, yeah, it just, because so I guess it kind of depends in that realm. I think if I was doing my theater show, I would say on the announcement, please put your mobile devices away in your pocket until you're called upon to use them. I actually generally like to use their devices for the show using for, for, for things like um, just revealing revelations or doing something like a wiki test, you know? Um, mm. That's kind of where I stand on that. But I think it would be nice if people just had the courtesy to ask, can I film this? And more times than not, people do. People have that courtesy, which I think is becoming – do you think that's becoming more normal, more understanding that people have the courtesy to say, do you mind no. it? Or people just stick it in your, no, no, no Doug. Start filming. I think most people, well, I don't, I, I'm not going to say most people, but I think there's a lot of people that just put the camera on. We, we can't all be David Copperfield and have a team point a laser on the person that's filming and then go all, you know, the crew go and usher them out. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what was interesting is coming up through it, working the streets as cell phones became a thing with cameras and, Oh yeah, Boy, it drove a right. lot of street performers batshit crazy. Like you know, yeah. I took a deep breath early on and just like, okay, I get it. This is going to happen all the time. Um, a lot of my kindred spirits didn't feel that way, and like at the end of the day, when we're sitting around, you know, talking about the day, everyone wants to talk about how horrible these cameras are. <laughs> you know, fuckers. That's- 
filming my wow. show. Did you see that guy filming my show? <clears throat> Real cool. Shit. So you you you've lived through the change. What so what was well, it like yeah. before that? People had longer attention spans and would actually watch the show with their eyeballs. What was that like? Yeah, that, we all had loincloths, you know, instead of <laughs> And I had an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time. And cups and balls had only just been released by Penguin Magic. <laughs> hot drop from Murphy's. But here's, here's uh, yeah, the thing. Um, it was you know, a struggle, and I think understandably so, because it's not really a socially acceptable thing to do for a performer. Without permission, right? But I guess in general, people aren't maybe aware of these social norms or what it should be. <clears throat> can Can you imagine if, like, it was flipped the other way around, and someone came up to talk to us after the show, and all of a sudden, Midge, we just pull out our phone and start filming them, like while they're talking to us? <laughs> How you know? self-conscious they would feel and they'd be like what the hell what are you doing why are you filming me um that's how it feels for us i guess but we get it so okay so in a theater setting it's it really just takes away from them enjoying the show right and it never looks as good on a phone as it does in real life and it's not going to look the way they think it's going to look by filming but okay you know, so then the thing is like yeah. audience management is obviously a factor in this you know when you see these sort of moments of people on their phones and whatever else you know, like there's good ways to combat that, you know, because it just takes one person to come in and derail things, you know, like I can't tell you how many times that I've had a whole group of people and then like the young intern comes across, she's 19 years old, she's off her bangers and she just like walks into my circle and starts mouthing off and I would literally, I, I don't, I have very few Fs to give in that situation where I was just like, we were having the best time till you rocked up lady, what the hell, like I would literally just grill this chick, but yeah. You can handle it in many different ways, right? And sometimes you got to be blunt. Sometimes you got to be polite. But I think what the thing I want to make mention is this. It's like the intent. Why are they filming it? I've had people watching my show, right, with a notepad. Like mm. my show. Not my lecture, dude. My show with a notepad. And you know who you are, Tyler. We've had that conversation. But <laughs> yeah. And he's literally just like been been taking notes in my show. And I was like, you seriously taking notes in the middle of my show? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so I just framed it. Where like I would do a thing and then be like, pay attention, write that down. This is important. And then I would just like go back to him. And people were just laughing because it was like a student watching my show. Yeah. And it's interesting because like, why are they doing it? Are they doing it with the intent of going, oh, I'm trying to build my own show and I'm just going to like treat the the magic world as a buffet and steal their material and steal their jokes and steal their this and steal their that because that's mm. what happens a lot and i think that that's that's where what this comment when, when we first titled this show that's where i kind of found like the tension of people filming your show stealing your jokes copying your bits let's take a deep breath here devil's advocate speaking Please. Those people, those people are irrelevant. So don't give them too much headspace. You know, true, true. They're going to keep doing it anyway. That's a good point. When I first started noticing people filming me on stage, it used to really annoy me because um, once it happened in front of me, where when I do my bottle production, like that's one that has to be seen live because if it's on video, you watch it a second time. The misdirection doesn't catch you and you see what's 
where it's coming from. Even though it's invisible, you go, oh, okay. And I saw it happen once where they went, I don't know how you made the bottle appear. Oh, wait, hang on. Oh, and I was like, God damn it. Um, I care. I don't care now, but then it used to really. So when I'm like getting to that moment and I would see that someone's filming, I'd just be like, ah, oh, damn it. But um, <laughs> uh, these days, like at the Eka, the exhibition that I did, everyone's freaking filming because they're at the Eka and it's a public show. They didn't pay to come to. It's just, you know, walk in and sit down. So the, all I could do was just, you know, try and give them a moment where I actually do look at the camera when I'm saying something. So at least they have like a moment where I like, like I'm interacting with them or I'll make a joke like, you know, and you've said you, you chose that card in front of everyone. You said it in front of, you know, this 4K 60 frame per second filming and, you know, tag me and I'll get right up to the phone and be like at Josh Nobito or, you know, try and play with it to show that you don't care. Um and so that's all you can do. But how about close-up magic? Because close-up magic is one of those things that it's really hard to get your own content, right? Unless you're like me and you want to spend five grand and, and stick a tripod and camera up after your gig and um, try and find people to do magic to and capture it, which is what I just did in my last video. But otherwise, it's really hard to get content. But these days, some now, spectators can be the best because airdrop is such a beautiful thing. And uh, you can get them to actually send you footage. So what about at places like Holy Moly, Nick? Have you, like, taken advantage of that yet? Or you know, I, no. I ask him to send me stuff. And like, yeah, 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 I'll do that. Or, like, here's my, like, I'll give him my business card, which has my Instagram mm. handle. I'm like, tag me on that. Because I have routines in which I type things together. And then I have revelations that direct people to my Instagram. So they follow me. And that's been really fruitful. I'll have sometimes as much as like a hundred followers in, in, in the space of like, you know, a couple of weeks. And I, I figured that would be the easiest medium because they're going to post it. They're going to tag me and then I'll just share it to my reels and share it to my agents, etc. So, you know, that's the way I sort of go about handling it, but people seldom do the right thing. You know, they just, I think you got to negotiate that on the spot. Be like, Hey, yeah. airdrop that now. Here's 100%. my number. Get it to me now. Well, you know what? That's This is great advice. What's the best way to go about doing that? Like, how have you done it? Because I've not done this before. So I would love to know, like, the best way to sort of mediate this. And I'm sure the audience would too. I know. If, well, well, I'll go first. And then we'll see what, how Doug goes with uh, with busking and, and people filming. But for me, yeah. So I noticed no one ever tags you. And if they do, they have a private account. So you don't see it anyway half the bloody time. So if I notice they're filming me and I know it's a good reaction and I've, like, I basically pretend it's them filming me for my own benefit. So I'll like make sure it's good. If I see it's an iPhone, I'm golden. And I just go, hey, do you mind if I grab a copy of that too? Do you have airdrop? Great. And I just hold my phone out and I like, I'll go, oh, I'll turn it on. And you just basically assume, because they've just filmed you. The least they could do is send it to you and they'll feel that and they will. Um, and so that's, it has to be like Doug was saying straight away because they'll never do it afterwards. Even, even photographers at events um, that are paid to be there. It's such a... How many such, false promises have we gotten from photographers so in our life? <clears throat> so many. And I see them again at the next events, and I just don't even bother asking now. Like, the, the, the amount of times, like, they show me the photo. Look how good this photo is. I would love that. Great. I'll send Here's it to the, you. All the photographers are getting together going, all those freeloading magicians never offer me a dime for, the, for that work. Well... 
I yeah. do offer them a dime every time. I'm like, do you, whatever do they you are. Offer some cold hard cash. Absolutely, and I go like, whatever it is. Here's my business card. Shoot it to this email with an invoice. Um, just name your price. I'll, I, I want. I want what you got. And and only once. And I remember. I wish I could remember his name. I feel like a jerk for not remember his name. But he was. I think it was like Rodrigo. Lovely, lovely man. And he sent me everything. And he went, "Don't worry about it, man. Price covered. Enjoy the photos." Right. Bang. And I'm like, "You're my guy." Thank. Yeah. And so there you go. Even someone who's paid to be there, and we say we'll pay them. Like just life's busy once they leave and they forget, let alone a customer. Yeah. You know, who'll get you those shots is the client. So, you know, Mm -hmm. the bride and the groom or the party host, they'll get the pictures that are good of you performing and they'll get them to you. The difficulty is when you're hired through agencies though, is that you need to mediate that through the agency and who knows if the agent is contacting, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's, yeah. And then the agency is like, why would I give you promo so that you can get gigs yourself? Like, you belong to me. Agents, yeah, agents become a problem with that stuff. Um, Richard Parsons made a, when he came on, the wedding magician from the UK, he made a great note that he actually puts a note in his calendar to hit up the either the bride or I think it was the bride and groom. He hits them up uh, 12 weeks after the wedding. He puts a note in his calendar to actively reach out about the photos. Um, so he, and right. he has, if you look at his Instagram, he is always full of posting uh, great wedding, the wedding shot, you know? Um, How smart is that? I so skipped that episode. I need to go so, listen to uh, that episode. It's so good. We should have him back on again. He's uh, he's killing it. And it's just what he does, you know? Um, and the last thing that I had on my mind with that was, yeah, so I just take it into my own hands now. So, um I was really lucky at this event that I was emceeing. It was for, uh, I can say, yeah, I can say this, but it was for Telstra. So, you know, a brand we all know. And they had multiple photographers. They had a camera operator streaming the stage onto the screens and all this stuff. But they hadn't actually paid for a videographer to capture, you know, a 30-second highlight reel. So this guy is going to edit one for them because I had my my camera filming the whole night in 4K and uh, in slow-mo. So I'm going to actually make up my own one to send to the client. So I'm kind of doing the reverse. I got more than what I needed. <laughs> I'm going to give them something. Uh, and so with my camera being there, I can actually export stills in really high quality from the night. So I can show like the clips of me emceeing on stage, you know, all that, all that good stuff. I've done a couple of events in the past where I'll like, like yourself, hire a camera operator to come capture some bits. It's like a really very pretty venue. And I'd say things to the effect of, do you mind if I have somebody come and capture some of my performances for whatever else? And, um, you know, like not at your cost, but for me, may I have your permission? And they say, yes, but can we have the footage? I'm like, you Mm. mother. Like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's, it's the best way for them to say yes is if you say if you create a benefit, right? To say, oh, I'll I'll give you a copy of it, or I'll edit a ninety second highlight for you as well. Yeah, that's. But these days, I don't even ask. <laughs> I just set up my own shit and <laughs> just do it. Uh, but um, but that's the conversation that that you need to have if you're trying to build your your promo reel. Can I have a videographer? I'm just building my, uh, what's the word I use? I'm just building my promo reel at the moment. 
And well, uh, I think it's yeah. super important to have these moments from organic environments. And it's, you know, however you get them, I, I think posting this stuff to social media is going to lead to bookings. If you're a good performer, people see this stuff. And if you're not doing this, and I've been preaching mm. it for years now, magicians put some stuff on social media. Maybe you'll get more gigs. You know, who knows? I, I, I actually think that social media is the new email marketing list now it's where we used to email our clients to let them know what we're up to. But now most clients that care about you, I've noticed are following me on Instagram. So me putting up these things keeps me on top of mind, shows what I'm doing. If people can go see what they're buying, if you're good at what you do, you're probably going to make the sale, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gary V said it best and that's what made me click and start filming <clears throat> my uh, my vlogs and stuff and he basically said if you are not online you don't exist like unless people see you in person you basically don't exist if they're not seeing you online <laughs> that's, that's really <laughs> i got a i got a friend of ours like on, on our snow trip his name is dennis and what's really funny about dennis is he doesn't exist online and the only time i see dennis is at the airport on the snow trip back at the airport and then we go our separate ways and it was this kind of like tyler durton fight club <laughs> mentality where it's like you know he wakes up in the seat and like tyler durton's sitting next to him like this is the edward norton brad pitt movie fight club where it's like he doesn't exist but it's like a thing mm. and i remember i remember being, being in the car and i turned to my friend grant and i was like hey man you can see dennis yeah it's like what <laughs> What? He's like, Dennis, like in the past, you see him, right? What the hell are you talking about? And I'm like, I've never seen Dennis outside of the airport and the trip and back. And he's not on social media and he's not online. Like, I just need to know, is he a real person? And then Grant looks yeah. at me and goes, hey, Dennis, are you real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the truth, man. Hey, let me play... Um, Again, we have SpeakPipe. You can send us voicemails. We have one sent in from Alex Kovats, and I'm going to play it right now. It's and it's it's right about what we're talking about with filming, but from um, kind of like what Nick was talking about. Let's play the message. I have a question for you, magic guys. I was doing a show today, and I had the magician coming in, and he started filming my show at some point. And I thought it was like just for a story or something, but he filmed for, I think, two of my routines, overall like 10, 15 minutes of my show. And I didn't say anything because it was the second time and I thought he was going to take some pictures. It was the middle of the show. It was weird. Anyways, and I was thinking, what is the approach when another magician does something like that? Uh, I don't know. For me, it felt literally off and not cool at all. What do you think? Let's go to Doug first. I want to hear what Doug thinks. Yeah, I always ask permission if I'm going to film a fellow artist. Maybe, maybe the exception to the rule would be in public forums like street performing. Sometimes there's some acts where it's not appropriate or the timing's off. But if I intend to ever use that footage in any capacity at all, I'm going to ask that person after the fact before I share it in any form. So, yeah. Um, can I film your show? Here's why. 
you know, that's the way, that's the way we go. You know, uh, uh, to that topic, here's the thing. I can't tell you how many times we've been out and I'm with my magic friends and I'm performing and I'm, and I'm getting these great reactions and I actually turn to them and I'll say, not one of you mother decided to film this or take a photo. But then you have the audacity to be like, film me do a thing. And it's like, why the, f come on, man. Like have the decency to do so. So here's the thing. I would film someone's set and go, oh, I captured your set. If you want to review it, I'll send it to you. The intent, it's always about the intent in my opinion. But yeah, yeah so it's but like, if you're filming it in a malicious intent, then it's like, bro, I saw you filming my set. What up? Note the timing is important too. Like the gentleman who left the message, uh, this interfered with his mindset during the performance. He's got this guy filming him who didn't talk about it beforehand. And he's thinking about different things in this show now, you know, that's a good point. Yeah. Exactly. So I, yeah, I, I try to take the approach that, um, that you were just saying, Nick, I'm the guy that will help people by filming them. So if I see something great happening, I'll film it just so I can give it to them later. And I'll be like, Hey, like, I got you some content because I know how hard it is to, to not get it. When I went and did um, an event out in Kanamala, which is this remote town, I took my camera and I made it a point because I, I realized there were no photographers and stuff. So the band that I made friends with, like I took my my camera and I decided to start shooting, you know, with the DSLR, like all this, um, all these photos and stuff to give to them later and video and stuff. Um, and they were so appreciative because no one else was doing that. Mm. Um, and they used all that content like on, on their social media and stuff. And it was, it was awesome. Um, so if I'm filming someone, it's the, the intent is good. I'm trying to think if I've had someone, I mean, there is someone I know and you know who you are, who sat and filmed uh, our entire show at a theater, a big theater. <clears throat> <clears throat> who, who, who knows why fellow magician um but uh i've never i guess i've never seen it myself like i've never maybe in a parlor show it would be super weird if someone just had their phone out but um i think as doug said like they're irrelevant if someone's doing that you know power to them but it is weird but these are interesting points but i don't feel like this addresses alex's like a question and i guess the question is here's the thing if it was a fellow magician i i feel like i would have been done with the best of intent i know that mm. i would have done it with the best of intent i know that if we were doing a night and doug went up and did a set i capture a few bits send it to him and have that courtesy but it's i i feel that alex is saying that like this guy is doing it maliciously like to take or steal or to copy like i that's that's the question i think you know and so how do we combat that you know because it yeah. really shouldn't be an unwritten law it's an unwritten law that you just have the courtesy to not steal and copy and and do things of that nature it's also nice to have an influence but you know like the audacity to be performing and copying the exact same jokes or material of somebody who's like on the same lineup or in the same vicinity the same town like i feel like you should separate Look, we can review the last hundred years of magic and that has been a constant, you know, mm. going back to Houdini and his brother Hardeen, you know, it, it's, uh, I mean, really, or, and all the guys that copied them. I, I remember, 
Yeah, it always happens, right? Except normally it's the magicians re-watching a YouTube video and, and taking notes from that instead of real life. We had a, in Brisbane, we, there was a lecturer. He was um, an amazing uh, children's performer. And I remember mid-lecture, he was performing an act um, and, he, and he brought someone up. And because he brought this lady up, the husband, who is a magician, went to film him. Um, and he shot it down straight away, but very politely. He just said, oh, no, 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 sorry. There's no filming in the show. Like, thanks so much. And kept going. And he didn't, it didn't come across as a, as a dick. The guy didn't feel, you know, weird now. It was pretty okay. But he tackled it straight away. Um, and that could be an approach for Alex, you know, just very politely. Oh, would you mind not filming? Um, we can definitely chat after about the show. Um, or we can film something later. That's something too. In close up, if if it, you know you're about to do something that can't be, like you're trying to create a thing that they'll forget, a time lapse, Ooh. dual reality, whatever, you can. I'll sometimes say, "Hey, this bit is not that visual. Let's film something later that will look great for your Instagram." And uh, I've used that, and that does work. Um, other times, I'm just remembering now. I'll deliberately. This sounds weird, but I'll deliberately be boring for like 20 seconds, like as in visually boring where they just don't keep filming because <laughs> they're like, oh, nothing's happening. <laughs> and that works too. Uh, yeah. So there's also How that. How about this? You you take out your phone, you'd be like, <clears throat> hey, when you're done with that, we can trade. I'll send you that video I have of your mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's good too. Sheesh. Mike drop that. That's going to be a short. That's going to be yeah. still got yeah. it. Fellas. So yeah, I, I yeah. think to answer your question, Alex, I really like what this lecturing magician said in which you just turn to them and say, Oh, I'm sorry. There's no filming of this, you know, like, sorry. Oh, sorry. There's no filming of my, yeah. And I think that's pretty polite because there's only one, there's one routine where it's, it's, just, it's a very pseudo based thing. Right. I do a routine where it's like, um, I try to finish up the act and I'll say something to the effect of like, it's someone's birthday. And I'll say like, look, you guys were absolutely, I had the best time. You guys were so lovely. Now it being your birthday, um, I want to give you a gift. Would you like it? If I teach you a trick, would you like that? And they go, yes. And they go, great. I need to borrow a phone. And some of the mm. people, some people might get their phones out to start the film and I'll go, Oh, oh no, 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 no. I, I, I can't have you film this bit. I'm like, why? I go, like, 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 like if I get caught giving away secrets, they'll kick me out of the magic community like I, I can't have you do that put your put your phones away put your phones away that's um, cool. and and that's the only time i really need to tell people to do that right love it um yeah and th and then i'll do this like pseudo explanation of how a thing works and it's all just a big ruse for me to vanish their phone and make it appear in impossible location so it's one of those things that yeah like that's the only time i've had to do it but i think that oh. i think that's really good advice of just saying Sorry, there's no feeling of my show. Thank you kindly, sir. Peace with that. I'm in your over pocket. here envisioning the exact opposite. I'm envisioning a routine where you invite everyone to film and post it on social media. Like, well, if you get a good routine where that's happening. Think of the the buzz that generates. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on my to do list. Actually, yeah. Well, right? everyone, get your phone out. Everyone, get your phone out, and 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 if it's a strong enough moment that they share it online. I do have an everyone get your mo get your phone out moment. I do a revelation that's written on my Instagram. So I write a revelation and then throughout the routine, things are magically implanted through my Jedi skill set. 
And I will say at the end of it, they'll like, they'll go, how? And I'll go like, oh, um, you need to know this before you do the routine, like before you perform. And they're mm. like, how? And I, and I just go, oh, because I wrote it down. And they go, where? And I go, on oh, my Instagram. And then I go, if you have Instagram, raise your hand. Everyone get your phone out right now. On the back of my card box is a QR code. And, and then I have them scan the QR code. And I say, read what I wrote in the bio. If it blows your mind, hit the follow button and I'll show you guys one more trick. And then all of a sudden my, my wristwatch in my pocket is just going bzz, 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 because you've got 20 people you've performed for. They're all scanning the QR code. And if you do this at scale, like I like to do, I normally put it up on the screen, you know, like as a slide. And then that just QR code goes up. And then all of a sudden there's 400 people going up, going scan the QR code. I need this in my life. Magic. And um, yeah. And that, and that's the reason why I've had such an amount of growth. Like, I mean, I think I had like 800 followers when I first started doing this um, pod. And what am I, three or four months in now? I've now got over 2,000. And it's just by thinking about it and really understanding how can I utilize this as a tool creatively, that's how I do it. Happy to share it with our audience. I hope that serves you well. In fact, I'll... Um, <clears throat> While you guys chat, I'll grab one of my boxes so you can actually see what I've what I've actually printed I, you know, on my I box. I think promoting social media accounts in real life performance opportunities <laughs> should not be missed. You know, these are opportunities that are important. And as you intend to grow social media, <clears throat> um, it's more challenging than ever. And this is a great way to keep the algorithms happy. So this is an old beat up deck for you guys, just so you can see what I do. And I, I just, I literally, I go to Officeworks or Office Max, whatever you guys have on your side of the planet, and I get these A4 sheets that are uh, have little stickers on them. And then you just design it online. You put a QR code, and sorry, man, that that's what it looks like here. You can pop that up, uh, Josh. And um, it's just a sticker that I put across the back of my my playing cards, and it just says this. So I put the name, which is the handle at. Nick K magic in case the QR code doesn't work and they scan the QR code and I put this on the back of my box. And so what I do is when I finish my routine, I leave it on the table right there. I, I, I do all my spiel, all my jokes, and then I just, and I leave it standing and I just tip it over and it falls flat. And then I say, there's a QR code in the back of my box. Been there the whole time because some people go, you have 52 QR codes on your business and so i had to like and and like it's not but regardless of that you need to combat that because people say dumb things all the time so i had to like i leave it there and i tip it over and every now and again you'd be like i saw that on the back and more times than not people just say to me like i want to give you a follow and i'll go oh cool i appreciate that oh while you're at it could you um could you read what i wrote in my bio before i came over to say hi and they go yeah yeah no worries and they read it and they scan jaw drops eyes forward Magic ensues. Bam, bam, bam. Nice. And what else can we say? The, actually, I was going to bring this up too. Um, the inter, the uh, Metaverse of Magic. Nick and I know all about it, but this is like the next hottest show to be coming to Australia in January, Doug. And what? this is this is the show that actually does promote uh, having your phone out. Like in the promo reel, uh, I'll just, for those watching it in video form, I'll play it so you can kind of see just like how they um, promote the show. But essentially it is, uh, yeah, meant to interact with the people watching live, but also there's going to be interactive elements in a theater. So like their tagline is, it's the show we encourage you to get your phone out. And um, yeah, some big names up there, some illusionists, some social uh 
stars. Oh, Young Ash is in there. That's cute. I haven't seen yeah, his face yeah. in a while. Yeah, so there's that. Hey, we um, don't want to forget about Nick. Last week, everyone was, in, was uh, a bit bummed that we didn't have a, a product review. Uh, yeah. We got one this week, right? We got one. We got a review. Yes, man. Should we do it? Let's roll. All right. This portion of the podcast is sponsored by our good friends, Piper Magic, Australia's premier online magic store. And this week, we are looking at a Tenyo product. Now, for those of you who don't know, Tenyo Magic is a Japanese company specializing in magic tricks and illusions founded way back in 1960s by the inventor and magician Akira Yamada, which sounds like a slander, Akira (laughs) Yamada. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll share that photo. Oh my. We'll share that photo through our uh, airdrop. Now, we have um, enough time for jokes. Aren't we running I'm short? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, Let's keep it going. <laughs> creating these, these awesome little magic tricks and little tiny illusions, okay? And um, the one we're going to talk about today is the most recent one, which is called Size Surprise. I know, Doug, you've seen this one yourself. It's a really good bit of kit. And so for what this trick is, my friends, is you have uh, – so yeah, some cards. You have the aces through five of clubs and you hold out to your spectator and you say, which of these cards is the biggest? And your spectator naturally says the five. Then all of a sudden you put down the cards one at a time. The ace has blown up to an absolute jumbo size card. And then as you go ace, two, three, four, five, they actually get progressively smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. You can see this performance on my uh, uh, YouTube channel where there's a full review of this product scope it out for yourself it's actually a really cute bit of kit now what you get in this package is very simple you get two versions of the trick one with the aces one with the kings and then neatly packaged in this tiny little plastic duva so you know you're going to get a longevity uh out of this product so as well as that online instructions and video tutorials which you don't particularly need but you can certainly scope those out because as far as the difficulty of this trick super easy if you can hold a pack of playing cards you can do this trick super duper easy now the pros of this trick is that it's really well made in a nice thick card stock and it's going to last you a very long time and the cons of this trick is that if you want to look at the video tutorial there's like a qr code that takes to the website but the website is like in japanese and that's a little difficult to navigate but once you're there it's okay it ain't the worst thing right so I think Finding Tenyo t- tutorials are, is not a gimme these days. That's for sure. It's not the easiest experience, no. But it's part of the process, you know, because here's the beauty about a p- product like this, right? And you can see the full review. We'll wrap it up by saying this. I've always considered a Tenyo product to be a collectible. And it's really wonderful when you go to a magic club and everyone brings their own ten- tenure products. I have a few of them myself. The crystal casket's my personal favorite. It's got a little, like a little sword and it passes through a box and a ring and it comes out. A great trick, right? These are collectibles and they're also really good bits of kit. Like they're just little tiny illusions that would be an absolute mind-blowing effect if it were on a stage. Or... Or if you perform on social media, say you do TikTok lives and you need to present many illusions that last a minute for your mm. short attention span viewers. Yeah. yeah I have it in my hand right now. I use this trick on. Uh, Show us, Doug. On, I, I, you know, I don't, think, I don't feel I want to perform it for a number of reasons, but I do like, I could do it here. It's not like it's rocket science. I just yeah, have it. it. <laughs> okay. It out. 
So this is uh, another forking card trick. It's another forking card trick, which is a <laughs> joke. <if it's> <clears throat> one of these is not like the other. One of these does not belong. Can you tell which one it is? I'll give you a no. hint. It's the king of spades. It's a little bit bigger than the king of hearts, which is a little bit bigger than the king of diamonds. And then that's, the, that's why it's different. Um, yeah. What I wanted to mention this, uh, I think people maybe glossed over this release from Tenyo, discounting it as something they might have seen in some other kits or magic kits of lesser, uh, maybe it didn't warrant a release. This holder here makes the release. It, if you notice what I did, I had this in my hand and was able to pull it out of the holder and go into performing it. This trick is nearly impractical without this. So yeah, th this is a plus. Um, I did cut this half moon out. When you receive it, it's straight across. If you get one of these, I would advocate cutting a little half moon. So when you access the shh, the secret, it makes it a little more. Yes, I surprised. Another forking card trick. Yeah, that's Ooh. a great pro tip, actually. I didn't think to cut that out. But um, yeah, I think you've utilized that really, really well. And again, it's a, it's a good bit of kit. It's a nice collectible. And if you are, so in my opinion, like if you like it, if you, you're if you're a lover of magic, get it. If you like to collect magic, it's a perfect thing to get. And if you're going to get it, make sure you get it from pipermagic.com.au and use discount code PIPERGUYS. Not just for this purchase, but for all your magic purposes. And you guys will get a discount on your purchases. And not only do you get a discount, it supports us here at The Magic Guys, keeping us rocking and bringing you guys the awesome magic game. And I think it's a good bit of kit. Enjoy. We'll see you next week for another review. With, with the last seven minutes that we have, I think we should roll straight into this one as well. Time for gig stories. Stories in which we are performing live or just in our day-to-day -day lives, and we want to share these stories for posterity, starting this week with Doug. Wow, I have, I have zero gig stories prepared, but I'm going to talk about what I did as a professional this last week. I read this Please. book. So my, my advice is if you're not performing gigs, maybe you take some time to enlighten your brain with a piece of uh, printed Just, matter. This is uh, Slightly Absurd, which is Charlie Fry's new book. And if you don't know who Charlie Fry is, you haven't done enough research on our art form. And if you're wondering if this book is as good as it could be, yes, it is. And that's my gig story. I'm a better I, magician from spending time with this book. This dude, week. that Ooh. is sold out everywhere. I can't even get my hands on it. It is sold out everywhere. Like, Not, is it? Yeah, as I pre-ordered it when I heard it. I was like, day one, I'm in. You know, I didn't need to know anything more than Charlie Fry's name was on a book. Here's a cool story about Charlie Fry. I think he was performing at FISM. Mm -hmm. It might have been either the Canada one or the or the one in Italy. But um, David Stone was telling the story. Um, Charlie Fry did like three routines in his set just just as a as a guest and every routine was a f like a four minute standing ovation so if you don't know who charlie fry is and again he's one of those beautiful minds that is so great and probably not overly exposed in the social media realm either but when you see the things that he does like knuckle busting doesn't cut it move monkey doesn't cut it like it's just 
He produced an amazing run. Uh, a lot of the material he put on social media, but he limited it. He, like I was suggesting he go for TikTok and shorts. And he was like, yeah, mm. not my thing. Because the material he was publishing on Facebook and I guess maybe Instagram could have easily gone viral on these other shorter attention span platforms. He didn't have an interest in it. But yeah, go, go look at Charlie Fry's Facebook account and look at this catalog. <clears throat> of, uh, Insane. And these videos were like two, three minutes long. It wasn't like a 20 second trick. They're like the juggle. theatrical masterpieces. Yeah. You know, it's not just like trick of the day. It's like a theatrical masterpiece by a clown yeah. master. You know? Yeah. There's very Insane. few people that are, that are sort of in that realm. Um, I'm trying to think yep. of the other guy, Charlie. Uh, he won Sweden. Caper. I kind of put those two guys in this separate Jedi realm. You know who I think like, of mm. when I think of Charlie Caper is kind of Tom Mullica on some levels. When you think of Tom Mullica's mm. like stage act and his visual antics that he integrated with the magic as he performed it. That's yeah. who I think of. Yeah. 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 Charlie Fry, Charlie Caper, Charlie Sheen, top guys. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> okay. So my my gig story, if I may. Um I last week got to uh, dress up as this weird character. I called him the Enchanted Forest Magician. <laughs> and um, uh, basically what's happening there, I've just got it on the screen, is uh, my my sister is a special effects makeup artist, um, or she's qualified as one. It's not that she's doing that uh, now. Why is my camera not? Do, do one of them. It, my my camera is just freaking out. There we go. And we're, and we're back. So on my beard, it's uh, she's turned my beard into a moss beard. So she's got fake moss covering the beard and then as well as the uh, eyebrows on top of my head. It's got like – it's like a tree. It's a whole thing. And uh, I, got to, I, I got to buy a new suit, which is tax deductible. Yes. Question for two points. What is actually on your face? Like what is the beard? Is that is that just like a clay? What is that? So it, it's actual um, – I guess think of it as foam, but it, it's it's stuff that's made to look like moss. So it's it's very textured and uh, detailed. If I can zoom in a little bit on it, you can kind of see a little bit. It kind of looks like broccoli oh, um, kind of stuff. Of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what my sister had to do was first put a layer of um, brown, like paint my beard brown. Then she applied the... Uh, hypoxy glue or whatever the like makeup glue is so sure, then you yeah. can actually like glue it down then on my eyebrows and um i got to get this new uh sway uh velvet uh green suit which is awesome to go with it i'm using oh, the talk about that for a minute what <clears throat> like what what's this new suit where do you get a green velvet oh suit? right right so the the same store that i found my split suit that i wear a lot now that's half yeah. white and half black now, they're called Ruben Scarfs, and they're in Chermside here in my city. And they have just great, wacky uh, suits. And you can get some ordered in and stuff like that. Like the split suit one, um, I asked them how many they had. And in my size, in their warehouse, they have 15 more suits. So I'm like, that's awesome. So I, ha I own two of them already, and I know if anything happens, like they've already got more. It's not like a one-off run of just three of them. Right. And so this was another one of the suits they had. But for this story, um, you'll notice I, I have green knocks in this photo because it's to fit the theme. And I have green contacts in as well, even though my eyes are green. These were just like more um, a bit brighter for the character. So 
I busted out my green knocks for this gig and the last time I used them really was for social media videos. Um, particularly the last time I really used it was in this trick shot video I made where I I responded to a comment where someone was like, oh, it, how many how many takes did it, how many takes was it to get that crazy shot on film? And um, so the video I made was in response basically saying, um, it's not how many takes you do that lets you get this trick shot, it's years of practice. And the way I end that video is I do a run of like five different crazy shots and I end by catching a card that says years of practice. And I'm like, the way you do it is, ah, well, well, this happens to be that card. And I didn't realize that it was still in this green knock deck. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And this will never, ever happen again in my life unless I plan it to happen. But I was doing... Um, a version of Ambitious, and I just so happened to get to the next phase. This just so happened to be the second card in the deck, so their card, this deck, this card. And uh, he literally said, how'd you do that? And it was mid me going, your card's not on the bottom, it's not on top. And he goes, how'd you do that? And I flipped it over and I'm like, here's a practice. <laughs> and then I kept going with my routine and it was almost like this guy has something for every moment. And it was like, it was so weird. That is awesome. I freaked out in my, I'm like, what? Like it didn't even, I didn't compute for ages. Like how I have a card that has this written on it. Cause that video I made was months ago. And for it to just come up at that moment, like it sounds like I'm making it up, but he literally said, how did you do that? As I flipped this over and I'm like, years of practice. And then I keep going. And it was just like, uh, you know, you just have those moments, you know, and the universe just hands you a little a little kiss, like, you keep going, buddy. You're doing well. And that was more of a moment for me, really. But um, the hardest part of that event was pulling off all of the moss beard after. Um, and I learned it's better to not try and do that. It's better to get in the shower, use soap and a cloth, and it actually um, – uh, starts to undo the glue and became very easy after that. But there was like a good 20 minutes where I'm picking off moss and uh, that's I think the gig should, I think what you should also address is that like what some people might not appreciate is how long it takes in the makeup chair to get to that state. So how long were you in that state while they guffed you all up? Yeah, that's, uh, you know what? It's funny you ask me that because do I even have it still on here? I put it on YouTube. I actually, I have a uh, time lapse of my sister putting the makeup on. So, oh, there it is. So I was sitting, I was sitting there for probably two hours, I would say. Yeah. So, so I was sitting there for as long as <laughs> the actual gig was. So you can see she's put the brown paint layer on first and then she's slowly applying the glue and this and that and the other but uh yeah two hours man sitting there while and this is all off like just from her brain like she was um she came up with this concept and and trialed a few things and like she's creating it in the moment and uh but it's you know it's the fun of gigs and i will say for magicians watching this you know this client was charged extra for that service so i was gonna ask do you get some extra you know yeah so so it paid for the suit so now i have a new suit uh green 
will come in handy at Christmas gigs and, you know, things like that. Yeah. And um, I was able to pay my sister for her time to do the makeup and everything. And it all made sense to, to put in an ex- extra effort. But um, now yeah. I, yeah, have that, that little character. I've got the photo now. I can, you know, should it's that come so, up again? It's always so weird walking home or walking to the car after those gigs. Do you remember there was a time where, like, mm. the people were just roaming around the streets as, like, creepy clowns? Vaguely, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a time pre-COVID, it was a very weird time where there was just constantly people just dressing up as clowns to freak people out. Like, it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with, like, the It movie or nothing. It was, like, years away from all that. But it was just this, Mm. like, thing that people did. They walked around dressed as clowns and being creepy. And then there were stories of, like, gang beat up clown trying to creep out people. And then here, there I was, all painted up in this android character, too terrified to walk back to my car out of fear of getting jumped because I thought yeah. I was a clown. But I've had times as well where, like, I've had to do the makeup here in Melbourne but then drive two hours out of town, you know, and, like, two hours with not wanting to stop to go pee because I'm, you look I'm like – I'm with you. Yeah. I, I, so I found you, – you've, you've had to get the special effects makeup a ton more than me, but whenever I've had to do it, I just have to own it. Like, I have to be the first one to make eye contact with the people – like, so it's not the whole thing of, oh, did you see that guy? I just fully own it. I'm like, hey, guys, how's your night going? Like, as a full weirdo, you know, and just let it be, let it happen. Yeah. Uh, have we ever talked about my season as a jester for Harris Casino? You did oh. tell us that you were uh, a watermelon. Uh, watermelon, that's right. Watermelon. No, I, I was hired from, for Harris Casino to work as a jester, which required not only full face makeup and a uh, a spandex bodysuit, but also a jester hat with bells on the head. Oh, Let me save man. this for my next gig story, and I'll tell you okay. about the day that that gig ended. Hell yeah, next week. <laughs> and, uh, so, putting makeup on the face is uh, is is rough. Yeah, Nick, uh, wrap us up before we uh, jump off here. Do you? Have, was there a gig story you had? Look, a very simple gig story. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about the the really great moments, you know, like the the the, the belly chuckles and those sorts of like really wonderful things, or the tears that happen when you're performing that make people cry because the, the magic has hit them in such a a heavy way. Um, there was one that uh, we I think we forgot to mention that was really prevalent in the past week of gigs, and that was my cheeks are so sore from smiling. Nice. And I just nice. thought I would share that. I was like, we missed nice. one. Nice. You know, when you're forming away and people are like, oh, my cheeks are sore. Yeah. Time. Um, I was like, that's the one we miss. And I just wanted to share that. I was like, that's true. You have the cheeks. Those moments. Yeah. Yeah. The cheeks. Oh, my cheeks are sore from laughing, from smiling. This is yeah. so great. And so you, you have that little moment of like, my cheeks are sore. And I thought, like, we forgot to mention that. We forgot to mention my cheeks are sore. Oh, and I love that. You know, I I actually managed to capture the Telstra gig when I was filming. At the end of the set, I might include it in my vlog that I'm putting together, but I actually captured the girl saying, look, I've got got goosebumps. And I think we talked about it. And I actually captured that. And um, just from doing a car trick. So she obviously doesn't see uh, much magic. But, but um, yeah, she's like, I got goosebumps. And that was cool. And then I managed to make a guy spit out his drink. And that felt like a win because you can't involuntarily do that. And uh, because I know the photographer really well, um, he came up and I was like, oh, hey, we'll do um, – I always do this. When a photographer's here, I make a joke and I'm like in close-up. I'm like, hey, let's make an action shot for them. Everyone looks surprised. And, you know, hold out the fan. I'm like, 
you know, like this. And um, it's always a funny bit. But he hadn't set his camera up to shoot um, wide. He was just shooting um, – he was shooting the backdrop that they had set up for the client event. And I'm like, what? You have four cameras. You have three cameras hanging off you and you can't take a photo of us. And um, he's like, no, nah, man. I'm like, oh, it's cool. It's cool. You know, we're friends. <laughs> and then as he walked away, I turned back to the group I was performing for. And I was like, <laughs> oh, fucking idiot. <laughs> and it made this guy <laughs> and I fully dropped my demeanor. And this guy spat out his drink fucking everywhere. And it was awesome, man. It was awesome. And I learned that idea from Bill Malone where like he'll like act nice to someone and when he looks back, he'll give the audience like an eye roll, like a, you know? And so I was just fully like, no worries, man, no worries. (laughs) Fucking idiot. And uh, it was just so fun. It was so great. It was so fun. So fun, so fun. Doug's been up to a lot in the last week. He has some pretty exciting stuff coming that he um, hopefully will announce in the coming weeks. So I think for the final word... Uh, let's give it to Doug, you know, give them some no some hopes, here, some huh? dreams, uh, you know, and uh, everyone else, we'll see you next time. But Doug, take it away. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this simple. You know, when you have something that you want, you only, I won't say lose, but you, I will say you don't... The only way you lose is by quitting. And the way you win is by setting short, attainable goals. And I was able to do that this last couple of weeks. I'll be sharing some of the goals I've I've set and am attaining. But as we sign off, I'm going to encourage everyone that has a dream, and I'm assuming it's most of you watching this, to make little short attainable goals and go accomplish those. And I'll see you in the winner's circle. And I'll be back here to talk about those in a couple weeks. Ciao for now. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys.